Hi, and welcome to Dancing Dog Blog. This is Mary Haight, and we're here today with Neil Brogan, the founder, editor, and creative force behind LifeWithDogs.tv, one of the world's largest successful general interest dog sites on the net with more than one million visitors. Would that be a day, Neil? Or was oh, that- <laughs> the last time I looked, and, and if they have anything like a million a day, I feel sorry for them because they're running... <laughs> Running yes. things full time, and yeah. I've run away from that. Oh boy! Uh, so not only talented with the witty rejoinder or comical quote springing from the lips of his rescue greyhound Nigel Buggers, Neil has been a force in animal advocacy in his home state, Vermont, where he lives with his wife, referred to as Mrs. Author, three dogs, and a cat, and is here today to talk about the whys of life with dogs, what he did to grow it, and where his life with dogs is going next. Thanks for being with us today, Neil. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So, um, let me understand this. Uh, your your background is in IT and recruiting. Is that right? Yeah, totally relevant to dog stuff, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like you know we don't have many different facets as individuals, but it, it's just I thought uh, when and what happened to make you think about starting a website about dogs. Oh, okay. Um, that was easy. You know, it um, it was probably. Oh, not long after we got our lab, we got a lab puppy who was completely insane. And the things that she started doing were just crazy enough that I thought, okay, I want to document this. And in other words, uh, in her first week or two at home, um, we were sitting in, in our townhouse uh, at the dining room table talking, and the dogs were upstairs just kind of hanging out, and the neighbor knocked on the door and was holding our lab puppy, who was supposed to be upstairs. And he said, listen, I don't know how to tell you this, but I just watched your dog push the screen out of a second-story window, walk out onto the roof of your front porch, and promptly jump right off of it. <gasps> Jumped, you know, this is a <laughs> three-month-old, lab, three-month-old lab doing belly flops off of a 12-foot porch roof. Wow. And um, I thought, okay, this dog is just crazy enough that I'm going to start documenting what she does. <laughs> and she, fortunately for me, she got even more crazy as she grew up, so it made for a few great stories, and that's how it all started. It was just a, a, a matter of having a place to share experiences with my dogs that I thought were probably unique or unusual enough to, to put out there and talk about. So you didn't have a business plan before you started. This just kind of grew? Absolutely. No plan whatsoever. None. <laughs> no, <laughs> no advertising plan, no marketing budget, no thought for where it was going to go. It really was just, it was a creative exercise. It was an outlet. Yeah, yeah. Outlet. And what happened when it got, you know, you started growing exponentially? What, what, uh, what were some of the problems you encountered when you found uh, a, a fast growth? And, and when did that occur? That happened uh, a couple of years after the, the blog was out there, and I changed the focus of the content. We'd been growing quite an audience, and, and I noticed that people were paying attention. So I thought I'd, I'd mix up the content a bit, and instead of doing lightweight, fun stuff all day, we'd actually dig into some of the news and dog issues and, and some of the stuff that was going on. When, that's when, when it, that's when when it really started. How, how, how old was your, your website at that time? It was probably maybe three years old. I think I may have started in 06, and I think in 09 the content focus started to change. And, and in 2010 is when it really went um, purely in that direction. I stopped doing blogging and creative stuff and just stuck with news and advocacy issues because that's what was getting all the attention. People wanted to affect things. You know, it's yes. great to give everyone a giggle every day or something, but people really want to make a difference with animals. So mm-hmm. we, needed to, we needed to provide them with the content that would allow them to do that. Um, Problems, it depends on how you look at it. You know, from the from the outside, from the reader's view, there were no problems. From the inside, it was chaos. <laughs> um, it, it was total chaos because we weren't prepared for what the growth would mean. In, in other words, we went from getting a few emails from people every week to getting hundreds every day. 
Um, I was getting, you know, probably anywhere between two and six phone calls a day all of a sudden out of nowhere. It just, it was something we never anticipated. And really what I can say in the end is it cost me a lot of sleep, mm-hmm. probably cost me about five years on the end of my life. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it was also, it was also very exciting. I mean, the energy it, of that you get from a supportive audience and something like this is tremendous. So I was inspired and exhausted at the same time. It worked. It was a combination that worked. But in any event, I would say, um, you know, the problems were pretty much problems of time. We couldn't get to everything that everybody wanted to share with us, talk about everything that's going on out there in the world. So time was was the most valuable commodity, and we never had enough of it. I can honestly say every single day, another four to six hours would have been extremely helpful. (laughs) Wow, wow. So so how many years uh, was Life with Dogs strictly your baby? Um, until August of last year, so for about six, about six mm-hmm. years, and, 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 and large and busy for about three, two and a half, three years of that. So depending on how you look at it, you know, it was mine for a while, but it wasn't anything of substance until late 2009, early 2010, and then things took off. So I, I remember, was that the time that you started adding bloggers, other bloggers, to the mix? Uh, how so? Adding them to the mix, how so? Um, I remember other, there was a, a vet and... Oh, yes, yeah, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now and yeah, you're right. You know, there were people that reached out to us over time who uh, had something to offer, but they weren't people that were probably going to do like a regular weekly column, stuff like that. So there were, but they had very obvious talents and they were, you know, they cared about animals. And one of them mm-hmm. was a, a writer with a farm uh, out in the country who would write a wonderful short piece every once in a while. Then we did have a vet um, who came in and started doing weekly articles for us and then trainers who were doing some as well. So yeah, I was attempting to round out the content that we weren't getting to. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult to cover some of everything. It was it was pretty much impossible. I learned that very quickly. So these folks were very helpful in, in providing some of the material that I simply could not. You know, it was, it was focused content that was very different from mine. Yeah. More practical solutions, stuff like that, instead of news-based. How did you find that uh, once you, you broadened the scope a little bit there, how did you find that affected your visits? Oh, it, it, it impacted them tremendously. I mean, the way to look at it is the more different areas of focus you can have, the better. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it was, Especially when you've got the, the uh, you know, an expert, quote-unquote expert opinion coming through, and it's not yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, there were many people who were obviously looking for that because we had a, sort of a new um, audience develop around that content versus the news stuff. There's some people that find that that news and, and advocacy stuff too heavy. Mm-hmm. They're there to look for you know recipes for dog icicles or popsicles or popsicles, or you know practical advice on treating conditions or how to get stains out of the car. I mean, they're just looking for things other than the news. So we wanted to provide an avenue for those readers as well. And you were saying that you didn't uh, do any advertising. So, uh, Believe it or not, yeah, we didn't. I, I never spent anything on advertising. I think, no, I, I take that back. At some point along the line, I got a $100 free credit in advertising on Facebook. <laughs> that, that probably amounted to about, you know, 50 new fans. But otherwise, right. we, we didn't advertise. That, that's, that in itself is a story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that, that's really reflective of what the what the internet can be all about. Well, it's 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 exactly. I mean, if you want to make it very precise, it shows you exactly what social media can do because it was all done via Facebook, pretty much. That's amazing. Yep. Yep. And, and do you think this is getting harder and harder to do just because of sheer numbers? Um, it's going to be harder to do because the format is watered down. What happened is a few copycats popped up when we started to grow. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of them out there now. So there are a lot of people covering 
similar material doing it in the same mix and style that we did and the format's getting a little bit tired it's hard for people to break into that space somebody's going to have to figure out how to be different i think um mm-hmm. in terms of their overall feel or focus to really stand out in the crowd it's a battle now i mean look at it this way life of dogs has a fan page with almost three quarters of a million fans how does an up-and-comer compete with something like that it's very difficult yeah it's like uh, any other industry you know you create a a big enough barrier uh, to entry yeah, and the win. <laughs> so. The barrier's raising. The barrier's raising without a doubt. So it's not impossible. Um, you know, this is, this still should be the sort of story that inspires people to try and go out and do something like this. Because in the end, I didn't spend any money on this. It was a lot of effort, but it goes to show that you can do it without spending any money. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's also interesting that you never did a business plan. Did you uh, kind of do something on the fly at some point uh, and say, "Well, okay, let's let's do this and." Here's a, a short outline, or uh, no? I mean, you know, this is all guided by passion and and, and yeah. your intuition, and yeah, my my yeah. my primary focus was to not alienate the readers. In other words, um, there was no business plan because I I was anti-business for a little while. I specifically held off on advertising, you know, for a year. Uh, when we could have made a lot of money on it. a lot of people were approaching us, advertisers trying to get us to take it on because I really my big picture focus in the long term was overall site growth. So I was willing to make sacrifices financially and in other places just to make sure um, that, it, that it would grow. You know what I'm saying? So there was no business plan whatsoever. I was truly anti-business for a while because I really just wanted to give the readers what they wanted without any distraction. And then when it became apparent that it was going to own my life, it, it was clear that at some point there needed to be some money tied to all this effort or it just wouldn't make sense. Yeah. So we held off for a long time. Did a good job. <laughs> and Mrs. Author was very patient. Incredibly patient. Yeah, I mean, she didn't see this coming either, and both of us had to give up our lives for a couple of years to, to deal with it. And we literally would just look at the, each other at the end of a crazy day and say, okay, let's try to survive and get to sleep and, and get through the next one. It was really just, the days were a blur. And the time flew. So for bloggers who uh, have the passion and the energy and the time to commit to this, yes, uh, and they really want to break through, uh, the the you know the eight foot ceiling that seems yeah. to be on so many. What what would you recommend they do? What three things? The first thing is whatever they choose, they've got to be passionate about it because if they're not, they're not going to have the gas in the tank to push themselves when mm-hmm. they need to. Mm-hmm. I cared enough about what I was doing to damn near hurt myself in the <laughs> process if if I had to, to make it work. So, but that's honest. I mean, really, I probably was negatively impacting my health at some point. Yeah. But. You know, if they're not passionate, they're not going to have what it takes. So that's the first thing. Whatever topic you choose, care about it. The second thing is, and this is, you know, people are tired of hearing this. I'm sorry they're tired of hearing it. It's an honest answer. Content is king, mm-hmm. period. I can I can see very demonstrable results where we shifted the focus of content and things exploded. So I know for a fact that content is key. And the nature of the content, the way it's presented, uh, the tone, and the overall professionalism of the presentation are all important, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the final thing that I'll say, um, the third thing that I would recommend, and this is coming from the perspective of somebody who did this without advertising, and this is the secret in the end. You need to be nice to a lot of people. And, you know, that sounds very simple. But what I mean is I spent a couple of years being very closely involved in the lives of about 5,000 people <laughs> and spending spending the time necessary to visit their Facebook pages, see what's going on with them, their friends and family, ask them questions, care about what's happening with their pets, respond to their private messages. If you're genuinely nice to people, do favors for them, take care of things for them, they, they do the same. And that's what it was in the end, you know. 
Um, Nigel's page makes people laugh, so they, there's some appreciation there, and they'll do me favors as, because of that. But most of the people attached to this actually know me. They've had communication with me. They've asked me for a favor at some point. They've put me in touch with a friend with a dog in trouble. Somewhere, somehow, we've actually gotten to know each other. And that relationship is invaluable. And there aren't a lot of websites out there that have reader relationships that are that close. That, I mean, another way to look at it is another way to look. Yeah, I mean, another way to look at it is we've had people fly in from all over the world to visit us. <laughs> you know, that's how close we've become with some of the readers. <laughs> so, it's be nice to people. It's a simple statement, but be really nice to people and 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 work hard, and nice things will happen for you. And that's really pretty much um, personal or natural marketing, isn't it? It is absolutely. Is it, it is. And you got the two-way street going. It's not just a one-way. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, I, I don't want to be remiss. I do want to talk about uh, your involvement with advocacy. By all means. In your own state so, uh, and elsewhere. What, um, what's been your focus in recent well, years? Well, I'm a Greyhound person. I mean, it it's, comes through. Everybody sees it pretty clearly. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I talk about them a lot. I share things about them a lot. So my, that's been my focus. I'm trying to help out the Greyhound groups out there that are struggling, including our, our local one. Um, I've had recent talks with them. Uh, and hopefully we'll be meeting with them shortly to attempt to help them grow a bigger fan page, get more donations, get more support. So, um, But I'm also working on something on the side, which we'll get to, um, that's eating most of my time. So my advocacy, advocacy focus is and has been and probably always will be Greyhounds. I'm just partial to them. They steal my heart. You did something about uh, puppy mills in, in the courts in Vermont, too, some years ago, didn't you? Oh, yeah. There, well, actually, there was, um, you know, it used to be that it was legal to sell puppies on the side of the road in Vermont, and we had a really awful experience with a breeder who was doing that up here. We ended up rescuing three of his dogs and ended up doing um, interviews on the news and were instrumental in helping to influence voters to pass uh, a bill to make it illegal for them to sell on the side of the road. So that doesn't happen anymore, which is great. Uh, but that was a long time ago, but that was about 10 years ago now. It was a change that was long overdue. We were horrified to even realize it was still going on here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, it's amazing what we don't know. It's yeah. still going on in so many different areas of the states, isn't it? Yeah, we're fortunate in Vermont overall. It's very animal friendly. You know, you don't see strays knocking around up here. People don't let them run around. People aren't generally abusive to animals. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, and so that's nice, to be quite honest with you. But it also makes it like I'm living with blinders on because other, other parts of the country have much greater problems than we do. Yeah, that's really a perspective that uh, I think any blogger has to keep in mind. Uh, things are not the way they are around your neck of the woods. Yep. Everywhere, yeah. Where is Neil Brogan and Mrs. Author going? Where are you guys going next? <laughs> well, to be quite honest with you, the last year has been about us. We, we had to take some time off just to rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, you know, the irony of, of this is that it grew to the point where I didn't even have time to spend time with my dogs. So we've been selfish for, for a while and just been taking time with friends, family, and the dogs. And, but at the same time, uh, we've been building out a very, very large nonprofit uh, behind the scenes that will launch in the next couple of months. And if we get it right, um, like we did with Life with Dogs, Within a few years, it should be generating millions every year for charity. So I'm really excited about that. I can't tell you too much about it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have a website to show people in a couple of weeks, maybe two to three weeks. So okay. I'll be talking about it a lot more then. Great. Well, we'll look forward to that. And we thank you so much for being with us here today. And uh, people can still reach you at? Oh, they can probably, uh, the easiest way is probably to catch me on Facebook. But if, uh, if they don't find me on Facebook, tell them they can uh, 
always email me, neil underscore brogan at yahoo.com. Um, I'm, I'm a notorious non-Twitter fan, so I don't even have a Twitter account. <laughs> so what I'll say is find me on Facebook or write email, or of course, always through Nigel. People can always find me through Nigel. That's the easiest way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much again, Neil. It's my pleasure. Thank you for your time today, Mary.